Yeah. <laughs> hey, you ever heard this term mollywop? It's episode 58 of On Taking Pictures. You ready, Bill? Very ready. Uh, this is a weekly podcast. We're here each and every week talking about photography, art, you know, media, a little bit of gear, not much. Uh, my name is Jeffrey Sidoris from FadedAndBlurred.com. And with me over on the East Coast, is it, is it raining where you are? Uh, it's beautiful today. It was raining the past two days. All right. So now it's beautiful. Uh, so, so a very sunny, fancy Bill Wadman. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, um, yeah, it was, it was raining horribly. And, and my partner, Heather, had, a, had her first day at her new job yesterday. So I walked her up to the train and it was pouring, pouring, pouring. And, and then I, I, I came back down with the umbrella and my pants were just soaked, right? Because it was just soaked. And uh, my neighbors were standing outside, this couple who live across the hall. And I was just like, I was like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to have to run. And they're like, oh, too bad. And, and, and the, the wife, uh, looked very pretty. I said, you look very pretty today. And I think her husband got really mad at me. Really? Maybe he didn't tell her that. Ah. Oh, so I one-upped him. You one-upped him. Right there in his own hallway. Literally in his, in his own backyard. That's right. <laughs> He's all, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was like that. Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's beautiful today. And I, you know, I, was gonna, I, was gonna, I have a little idea for a film that I was going to do yesterday, but it was raining so hard I couldn't do it. So I got to do it today. You got rained out. I did. Um, and it cost me $500,000 for the day because I had to pay all the union guys. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So we're going to do a new Kickstarter for Bill's three-minute short film. <laughs> Man, I should. I should start doing Kickstarters. Yeah, have them do like $200 Kickstarter so that I could like hire somebody to you know edit or write a thing or hire an what assistant. What are you going to – you have to do the gifts though. You, know, you have to do like <sighs> well, the, prizes. They, they, could, they, they can get credits in the in – the, in You the, can be an associate producer yeah, on yeah. Bill's film. Right. This is what I'm talking about. So 420 associate producers because they all pitched in a dollar and a half. <laughs> hey, don't put it past them. <laughs> Our fans love us. You know what? Our fans actually do love us. That is true. You know, we, we last week we 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 complained a bit about a review we got because we didn't think that the person really understood what we were talking about. But we've let that go. I don't. Th- I, I don't think I complained. In fact, I got a very nice email about about just that. What did they say? Uh, hold on. Wait, is this that one from Tom Moore? No, uh, it's, it's uh, from Chris. Okay. It says, uh, I loved your defense of the show in episode 57. You so eloquently stated what those of us who get the show feel and with such passion. Great job, Chris. So thank you, Chris, for getting it. Uh, and those of you who out there who also get it. Look, I, I have no problem with you want to review the show and say you don't like it. You want to say you don't like me. You want to say you don't like Bill. That's fine. That's fine. But, but, but don't reduce it to, uh, you know, oh, this is only for beginners. This, sh- this like, show's like, crap. Yeah, like you're, you're somehow above wrestling with these things. That's just silly. Yeah. We're all wrestling with these things. We're all wrestling with it. Absolutely. Um, all right. So where do you want to start? Uh, hey, I watched this movie yesterday. Beauty, is this the beauty? Beauty's embarrassing. Yeah. What do you think of that? Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I and I think I probably like it a lot because I like a lot of the source material. Okay. So this is this this movie. You can you can pay ten bucks to watch it online, but you can also. 
if you want to support them. You can also see it on, on Vimeo for five bucks or it's on Netflix and everywhere else you could possibly ever want to share something. Yeah. It's streaming on, on Netflix and I believe on Amazon prime as right. well. So it's a documentary about artist Wayne, uh, white. Yes. Who is a painter and he's an animator and he's a puppet puppeteer. Uh, he's a bit of a musician. Uh, he's the guy, one of the guys who designed, uh, a lot of the puppets for Pee Wee's Playhouse yep. and did some of the voices. Uh, he's been around pretty much forever. Yeah. Um, Music videos. He did, I think he did one of the Peter Gabriel. He did a big time video. Yeah. Yeah. And um, which I always thought was very trippy. And um, not as trippy as Sledgehammer, but pretty trippy. Yeah. And um, now, now he paints, he, he buys pa- junk paintings at, at yard sales and paints witty phrases in 3d onto the landscapes yes um and apparently is is doing pretty well with that whole thing um but the but the interesting thing about the the movie is that a lot of what he talks about is the idea that making art is a lifestyle not just something you do right you know, it's it's about making art all the time. And there's there's a there's a scene where he's he's you know talking to his son who's uh, like teenager age, and uh, and his son draws stuff and everything. And they said, you know what? Let's let's uh, you know let's let's make a, a a puppet head of of LBJ. And they show them just like pull out cardboard and start hacking away at this thing and like yeah. And they make this this uh, Lyndon Johnson head that he sticks on and like walks around down by the water and like is handing out like vote for LBJ tickets, like just as a lark, you know, just to do something. Um, and I just, I love the idea that it doesn't, it doesn't matter what he's doing. He just needs to make stuff all the time, all the time. Right. Um, There there is some form of expression beyond just communication that needs to happen in his life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what else I like about it? I like the fact that, well, first of all, he's married, uh, uh, to what is her name? Mimi something or other. Uh, who is uh, she is she is kind of a thing on unto herself. She she wrote the first episode of The Simpsons, right? So she's you know a serious heavy as well, and their two kids are both artists too. And and there's this this there's this sense in their family which I will admit that I am a little envious of. That is, <clears throat> it's okay to be an artist, and yeah, we're all in this together, right? You know. Um, well, I mean, just from the standpoint of of the encouragement that the, it, that it seems that the children have received, yeah, is is pretty astonishing. Yeah, you know, it, it, when I was growing up, my dad was probably like a lot of you listening. Uh, artists are a dime a dozen. What are you ever going to do in art? Right, right. You know, now, now, everything's been created. What are you going to do? Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? That yeah. kind of a, yeah. idea. And this guy, I mean, you know, yes, he's worked hard and he's done all these things. I mean, he's also, I mean, he's making some trippy stuff, you know. Right. Uh, it, it's, it, you know, it's interesting, though. There's a number of scenes in the movie where they're interviewing uh, his art dealer and some art critic for L.A. Times or something. And basically both of them were very dismissive of him before. You know, but then they realized they could, you know, the dealer realized he could make money on him. And the other guy right. says, oh, I really, you know, the question yeah. is, did they really realize that? Or did they just think, oh, people like this stuff. We could totally make some money on this. And oh, yeah. people yeah. like this stuff. I should review it and say nice things about it so that I'm in the know. 
Right. You, know, you always get these questions. And, and was this was this post Emmy? Because he's also won Emmy awards for his work. So yeah, yeah. It, I'm sure like, it's can, well. Post can we tack that on? Right. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but it is interesting. It, it, it every time I see any sort of art dealer, art people talk, it always just makes me cringe. It, like not art people as an artist, but like the 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 rest of the businesses that are sort of the, you know, the uh, support structure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, it's also, it's, you know, agents and sure, you know, all, you know, all that kind of stuff, uh, producers and, 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 and people, you know, selling stuff and it all just feels very parasitic to me. You know um, what I loved? No, they're about, necessary, of course, but, uh, what I loved about this movie is, is it's, it's presented as art is work. Making art is work. It's not, you're not sitting around waiting for a flash of brilliance. I mean, not to say that that doesn't happen, yeah. but he's trying new things mm-hmm. constantly. He's, oh. tr- he's trying to express himself in new ways constantly. And it's work, it's work, it's work, it's yeah, work. He says, and, when he's painting at one point and he says, this is the ditch digging part. He's just like, most people think art is fun, but most of art is ditch digging. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's work. Yeah. And, and once in a while, you'll, you'll, you'll hit on something that's that sort of flash of brilliance. But, but it is... It is effort. Yeah. And I think there's a misconception about uh, a lot of different types of art, whether you're painting or writing or, you know, songwriters are, are another great example that, you know, people think that it just pops into your head. And sometimes it does. But I've watched interviews with a number of, of amazing songwriters that are like, look, you don't see the hundreds of throwaways to sure. get to this one. Yep. True. You know, and it's the same way with art. It's the same way with photography. Uh, there are hundreds of throwaways to get to that one great shot. But you have to keep shooting. You have to keep learning and honing your craft. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and it's, it's, and it's interesting, too, because the things that in the movie, they show him making all kinds of stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And all the old stuff that he made. And a lot of it is stuff that isn't really any good or didn't he wasn't doing for a client he was just messing around you know right he's like oh it's an afternoon and i have nothing else to do i'm gonna make this weird ass thing right because that's but you don't know what it's going to lead to and that's what i think i i like the way he approaches things almost childlike in that yeah this this may not end up being anything but if this is an interim step to get me here then it's worth it Right. No, absolutely. You know, that, that everything has value, whether or not that thing in and of itself has value. The step, the process, the iteration, that has value. The practice. Yeah. You know, what, what is the old joke about doctors and lawyers? Like um, something about the thing that like the, doctors and lawyers are the, are the two people you don't want to have call what they do practice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, but it's just yeah, true. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it was very inspiring. I think it was very interesting, mm-hmm. um, and it goes. I think this was originally. I think Cisco or, or I think it was Cisco sent it over to me and told me to watch it because mm-hmm. him and his friend Kevin Greer were, were were talking about it. But you know, it, it's it's similar in a sense to the um, that interview show, the Sam Jones Robert Downey Jr. thing, which is also fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So this photographer Sam Jones, who takes photography, yeah, all the celebrity portraits kind of stuff. Yeah, he's been sitting down and doing these sort of hour long, long form interviews about the, people's history and their process, and you know all the the stuff that we talk about. Well, he's created a whole magazine. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. It's this whole project called Off Camera that that is something he wanted to have something where he wanted to create something that he had the ability to to talk about and talk to the people that he wanted to without publicists, without agents, just sitting down talking. Right. And I, you know, I watched the one of him and Downey Jr., mm-hmm. um, which is which is great. You know. Yeah, um, it really is. My my thing about it, my, if 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 I have any problem with it, it's the problem that I had that we talked about a few weeks ago uh, when we were talking about interviews like this in general. Which is, yes, you're hearing what Robert Downey Jr. went through and and how he got where he is and and how he works through things. But in general, the only people who ever get interviewed are the people who are making it already. But it doesn't mean that what they did is the thing that allowed them to make it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. has all this craft. He's very talented. All that's true. But if he says, oh, I just, I worked really hard. It's like, well, okay, you're, you're cherry picking your, your evidence here. Because if all you're doing is talking to all these famous actors and they say, I worked really hard, that makes it seem like working really hard is how you become a famous actor. And there's a lot more to it than that. You know? Sure. Yeah. And I think it's the same. I I think it's the same with uh, Mr. White, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's sitting there. And he's, you know, making his paintings and he's successful and he has a life as an artist, but he also worked on Pee-wee's Playhouse for four years, five years, right, you know, right, 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 right. and a number of other TV shows and all these other things and had all these strange breaks that happened to him back in the 80s because he was in the right place at the right time in New York City when, you know, street art was becoming a thing and, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that it's... That it's <clears throat> To ask somebody what where their success came from or or how they work, it's almost like the sometimes the people are too close to themselves to even understand how they do it. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, and I think there's some truth to that. You know, when when you're when you're immersed in in whatever it is, you may not be aware consciously of. Steps one, two, three, four, five. You may cherry pick and go, well, there was step one, and then I remember step five, and then I remember step 12. But because you're immersed in this process, whatever that process is, you're not – it's almost like if you're, if you're taking notes of the process, you're not in the process. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And if you're in the process, then you don't really know what's happening because you're not an objective observer. Right. 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 Um, that being said, I do love – this this off camera series um for a couple reasons number one i think it's fantastic that that a photographer is sitting down one-on-one with arguably the biggest movie star in the world yep and just kind of talking yep i I really like that a lot but some of the other issues there's one of amy mann that was really good um there was one uh what's the guy from from the office uh Jim from the office. What's his uh, name? Yeah. Kr- 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 Krasinski. Kr- John yeah. Krasinski. Yep. Uh, interview with him. That was really good. I wonder how he does it. I mean, I wonder how he plays it. Is it that they're coming in to get their picture taken for a magazine shoot? And he's just like, Oh, do you mind if I do this? And we talk for an hour afterwards. It's gotta be. Something I don't know. Like it, that. It, it seemed like with Downey jr. That they've done a, a number of shoots and it seems like they are friends. Yeah. Maybe it seems like they've known each other for years and years. And he called him up and said, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Would you be interested? Yeah. Some of the others, maybe it's, you know, to your point, maybe it's, it's, you know, they're coming in and saying, Hey, can we, can we book like an hour afterwards and just talk about this? Yeah. A lot of times they do that where they, where they sort of, uh, tack things on, 
right? Mm-hmm. You're coming mm-hmm. here for this. Let's have you do it for this, this, and this too. You know? Yeah. Um, it's a smart way to do it. You know, I, I also like, I like the way it's being done. It, it's, it's just the, 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 the technical ness or, or technical way it's being done. It's, it's the two of them sitting in a chair. It's shot black and white, a little yep. bit of toning on it. It's just very simple, very low key, not a lot of production to it. No, and I think it's probably three cameras. Yeah. Yeah. You've got tight cameras on each one of them and then a wide shot that shows the two of them. Yep. Uh, just, it, it, I really like the familiarity of it. You know, there's that. not a lot of pretense to it uh, in, in what they're doing. So I, I really like it. So Sam Jones, check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're very, very good. Uh, you know, it got me thinking the other day, I was having a discussion with somebody about being in a creative field mm-hmm. and, and this person has, has a, has a corporate job and in, in, in the end is, is probably uh, has admitted to me that they are a little envious of, of, of my world of my life because I, you know, get to, I, I get to drive my own ship. Sure. You know, whether or not I have the permits to go where I want to go, that's a whole other ball of wax. But, you know, that I get to make my own decisions, which is true. Um, you, don't, you don't always have somebody spotting icebergs for you, though. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like all these terrible, terrible analogies we're making. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, and I said, you know, that's true. But the, 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 the downside is, is that my, what I do, my, my work life is so inexorably entwined with my personal life and my identity Mm -hmm. that uh, ups and downs, attacks, failures, successes in my work life are directly converted over to my self-worth. Sure. You, You define yourself by your work. Right. Somebody yep. says they don't like me or I don't get some gig I was up for or whatever it is. And I think that I'm crap, not just my work is crap or I need to work on that. It's sure. a very direct connection to the me, not just my work. Sure. And I don't and know. I, if, do you think that's the case for a lot of people? Yes. Okay. And I think social media has, has exacerbated that to the point where you are checking – Facebook on your phone to see if people like your images, because if they like your images, then somehow they must like you. And if they don't like your images, then somehow they must not like you. Yeah, absolutely. We're chasing counters. We're chasing hit counters. We're chasing likes. We're chasing Google plus shares. You know, I mean, look, I I do it all the time. I, I, you know, we put up a new spotlight on, on somebody, uh, Crudson or, or uh, you know, whatever, whatever it is, uh, Fred Herzog is the most recent one. And you sit and look at it and you go, okay, nobody's commenting. Nobody's, right. nobody's sharing. Right. What yeah. does it mean? Does it mean the writing's crap? Does it mean I chose the wrong photos? Does it mean, and you sit, sit there and second guess yourself. And you know what? The reality is it means none of it. No. You know, and anything. I will go back to, to something that you did earlier that, that sort of, <laughs> in, a, in a very unscientific way proves the point you will labor over how many photos in your December project 
hours and hours and hours putting together these photos. And the one arguably that got the most response in terms of, of likes and feedback and comments was what? Cat a scan. cat and an MRI. Yeah, cat and a cat scan machine. <laughs> it's witty. It, sure. But, you know, it's take a cat, put it in an MRI machine, shoot it, done. Yeah. You know, it, it, yeah. but how much did you angst over the rest of those images? And we all do it. We all do it. Right. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that gets back to the popularity does not mean good. No, not right. at all. Um, it's, you know, and the, the other day we were at a, I was at a birthday party for this girl, Kate, the one who was in the ice cream video. Sure. Um, and, you know, there's a bunch of people there and I've met two or three of them before, you know, and then there's a bunch of other people there. And then somebody mentions the video and then Kate goes, oh, he did it. And she points to me Point, pointing at you yeah. and like seven or eight of the people in the room go, oh, my God, that was amazing. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Because, you know, now before they knew that I did that, they didn't know anything about me. Suddenly they know I did that and they love you're this me. sort of the celebrity of the party kind right. of thing. And yeah. it's just kind of like I just made a movie of a reading ice cream and I put it right. on Vimeo. And yeah, a couple thousand people have watched it. But like, whatever. You know, like this is not, you know, but at the same time, it felt good. Like, ah, see. Okay. Could I just say that? What? <laughs> that little, a couple of thousand people watch it, whatever. That, that. It's totally I'm like in uh, super bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's the As best another aside, if you've not yet seen super bad, go, go watch it. It's genius. Have you ever looked into his eyes? It's like the first time I've heard the Beatles. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's so. How do you how do you separate, or can you separate? You know, you asked a question. You said, "Can you can you be an artist without your self image being one with your art?" Yeah, I think that that. I mean, if you can, and I'm sure it's possible. Now, I don't. I don't plain to think that 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 your average person out there who's an artist, your average successful artist has 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 knocked this, has figured this out, because I think most of them probably haven't. But there are at least some who I'm, who I'm sure must have, you know, who have sure. been able to I mean, separate. Look, is, this is, is very Chuck similar. Close calling up the gallery going, how many people came in today and checked out my stuff? Exactly. Right. No. Yeah. Because he's, 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 uh, but you know what? Even the, uh, what's it? Uh, Wayne White was saying that, you know, he's constantly questioning himself and wondering if things are good and, and, and the whole thing. So, I mean, and he's a fairly su- successful guy too. I think that there are probably some people who are able to separate it and some people who aren't in much the Is same way. Is it personality driven? I think, think, I think a big part of it might be because I think that, I think that there are people who are attorneys who, right. you know, are so invested in their job that they don't even have a life outside of being an attorney or, you know what I'm saying? Or right. being whatever. Um, yeah, but then there's like, you know, I, I don't think Chase Jarvis, for example, is, you know, 14,000 feet on his climbing trip going, you know what, I, I need a Wi-Fi spot because I really need to see how many people are looking at this article. No, but you know what, he doesn't do what he does. He does what he does because he wants to be loved. I think all of us do. Sure. So I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't discount that so much. Maybe it's to the point where he just has a person he has hired who, who can do that for him. Who does that for him, yeah. Right. Like he doesn't need to do that. But so I wonder, d- does, does if, you, if you don't think that the people at, what is it, Creative Live right. are analyzing logs and trying oh, to figure sure out, of yeah. course they are. I'm right? sure, They're but, doing but I'm saying he's, he's become, he's been fortunate enough to, and I'm just assuming, obviously, I don't know him, but uh, I'm assuming that he's been 
removed from that now based on right. the level of success and notoriety that he's achieved. He's a businessman and a showman and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's a whole other thing, right? Right. Um, but it does affect people and it affects people. I mean, look, there, there was the, 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 uh, the, the video a few years ago or a couple of years ago that Zach Arias put up about how he second guesses himself all the time and how every winter he feels like his work is just going to be crap for the next year and, and, and how he's got to get through it and get over it. And that really resonated with a lot of people. And you could argue that it's, it's what helped put him on the map and, and sort of turn, turn his, his career around. Yeah. But none of uh, this, none of this is, is anything new, right? No, Artists have been no, writing no, no. this. It's just that it's easier to get out there and be, you know, the, but here's the question though. I mean, yeah, you have people like Zach, but Zach's audience is not people buying his photos as much as it is other photographers. Exactly. At this point. So, yeah. so that, you know, his, that's a whole his, other issue, right? Well, right? his, his vulnerability can show because he's not, he's not worried about his clients thinking, wow, does Zach not think he can handle this shoot? Mm-hmm. Like his mm-hmm. clients aren't reading that stuff. Other photographers are reading that stuff. Just like the people who listen to this show or listening to us talk about how we, we don't think that everything we do is good. Right. But do I want, the art buyer at the agency to know that I don't think everything I do is good. No, I got to be like, Oh man, everything I do is fantastic. And I can knock this one out of the <laughs> yeah, park for yeah. you. What do you yeah. need me to do? I don't even know what you need me to do, but I'll totally do a great job on it. You know, right. You got to play that game. So you have multiple masks, right? Sure. And, 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 but, but I think that there are people who can put those on and take those off much easier than we can, or can dissociate, you know, I, I just keep I keep coming back to this this idea of uh, I, get, I get yelled at by my therapist all the time. <laughs> nice, uh, because I I make judgments upon my own happiness and my own work based upon other people. You know, sure, you my do. work is good when other people say when a certain set of people or a certain people or a certain percentage of people say that it is good. Sure. Or when there is a check right. and, being handed to you, right. and this is how good I am. Right. Now, there's an argument to be made that this is, this is no measure of how good it is and that happiness has to come with it from within and whatever it is. And my constant rebuttal of that is that, like, what if I'm crazy and I think, you know, my crayon drawings are Picasso? You know, at a certain point, I need an external ruler. Yes. You know? I, think, I think everybody does. Okay. So it's, it's, so it's not one side or the other. It's somewhere in the middle. Sure. Right. So where's that line and how do you make those decisions? How do you, how do you train yourself not to get spun around by, you know, one person's comments? Uh, well, that's, that's the lesson, isn't it? That's the journey. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's growing up, going through adolescence, you know, you can have a ton of friends around you that are supportive and fantastic and, and you hang out with and you spend time with and everything's great. But that one random stranger is going to make a comment about your hair, your shoes, your outfit. And suddenly everything that your friends have helped to build has been ripped away. Sure. Oh, I mean, come on. You, you must remember, I, there are things that random girls I've dated or known have said to me, like little offhand one lines that I still remember. Sure. Commenting on something about me. Sure. And it, and it happens. It happens. It's almost like it's even under a bigger microscope when it's your work because you're trying to 
if, if you're if you're of this persuasion anyway, you're trying to create something that is of yourself. Okay, you're not. You're it's not an doing, extension. It's like somebody yeah, cutting off an ant, a hand or something. Yeah, you're not doing math, or you're. And this is no offense to mathematicians, or you're not interpreting the law because the, those are hard and fast rules that you have to follow to a certain extent. Right. You're out in when, an empty field on your own. Yeah, and you're and you're creating this thing. You're you're making photographs. You're you're writing prose or poetry or 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 painting or sculpting. And and these are these are not objective things these are very subjective things right so yes it, it it's great when the 50 people or 100 people or 100,000 people say that it's great but it's the one bad review that you're going to focus on it's the one person that you overhear in the gallery going well i don't know what they were thinking there kind of, i mean do you do you think that they're that the vulnerability of art is is the reason why people are scared to do it in the first place, there's there uh, art is exposure. You know sure what I mean? it is. Sure it is. Real. I mean, it, it, there's the adage of 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 art is truth, and and so then there's this truth about yourself, and you're showing people a side of yourself, and if they don't like your art, then they don't like you, and everybody wants to be liked. Right. It's tough. It is tough, but but. That's the thing. That's the that's the that's the road. That's the journey. That's that's what we're here for. I mean, look, to the best of our knowledge, you get one shot at this. Come on, do it, do it. What? You have one shot? Oh <laughs> no. Apologies to Eminem. <laughs> No, and you, you, right, you, but it's true. You, you, we do have this. We have this one thing. I mean, and and the uh, Wayne says that in the movie. He says, you know, as far as we know, like we have eighty, maybe ninety years on this planet if we're lucky. Mm-hmm. You know why? Why shouldn't I spend them doing things that I want to do? You know. Now, there's, you know, my mother will say, when when are you going to take a corporate job? <laughs> you have, you know, but my mother's not me. Right. You know? and, and look, they're, 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 corporations do not, that doesn't mean you're safe. Of course not. No, no. I mean, well, mm-hmm. then again, that's, that's, that's an, still an illusion of the generation of our parents. Or, I mean, my parents and you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that was a subtle one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't even, okay. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> No, you see what I'm saying, right? There's like, yeah. yeah. Ugh. What are you? What are you sending me? Here? I just sent you. Have you seen this? This is the Holstein Manifesto. <sighs> yep. you seen this? Yeah. It's I, good stuff. I, I have this print hanging in my wall on my wall, and and basically, can I read a little bit of it? Sure. May, may I read a little are bit? Are we going to get sued? Uh, I don't know. Do we? Would we get sued? I don't think so. Go ahead. Look, there's something called the Holstein Manifesto. And and you can we'll put it in the show notes. It's it, it's it's just some some really interesting things that are not to go all Tony Robbins, but they're motivational. And and it, it goes something like this: It goes, "This is your life. Do what you love and do it often. If you don't like something, change it. If you don't like your job, quit. If you don't have enough time, stop watching TV. If you're looking for the love of your life, stop. They will be waiting for you when you start doing things you love. Stop overanalyzing. Life is simple. All emotions are beautiful." When you eat, appreciate every last bite. Open your mind, arms, and heart to new things and people. 
We are united in our differences. Ask the next person you see what their passion is and share your inspiring dream with them. Travel often. Getting lost will help you find yourself. Some opportunities come once, seize them. Life is about the people you meet and the things you create with them. So go out and start creating. Life is short. Live your dream and share it. Um, creating things like this show. Creating greeting cards, creating photographs, creating poetry, creating yeah. scripts, whatever. You, 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 you know, listening to you read this. Yeah. You live in California, don't you? I do live in California. <laughs> Why? No, it's just. No, it's I'm just you're not going to refer to the California. Look, there is no dream in California. The California <laughs> dream died in the late 60s, early 70s as being and is, and is for some reason still being held on to. But it doesn't exist. I, I love I love all the sentiments in this. I do, too. And and I look, they make this as a as a as a greeting card. And I first saw this uh, friend of the show, Kingsley Burton who lives in Perth, Western Australia. Hello, Kingsley. Uh, sent me, uh, I think it was a birthday card. And, and this was the card. And it's a little letterpress card. It's very cool. Uh, and and I, I then got the poster of it. And, and I, I look at it every day, but I don't see it every day. Ah, see? Do you think, you know, I, I've had things up on the wall of my own, sort of uh, things that I need to remember. You know, mm-hmm, all the mm-hmm. thing up on the wall that says, you know, uh, simple is good, you know, make sure. more art, <laughs> use better backgrounds. You know what I mean? Like things, that, yeah. things that are just like, you know, what? I, need to, I need to push in that direction, you know, to remind me. Um, I think reminders are good. I think affirmations are good. I think uh, you've got to be your own cheerleader. You've got to be your own sort of... Uh, agent as it, as it were you know if you don't oh, believe agency in, question Go yeah ahead. if you, if you don't believe in yourself nobody else is going to that kind of adage yep. and these are these are all these little things that you've heard years and years and years but there's 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 another one that says you're not you know you don't hear it until you're ready to hear it right true you know and and i i hang this this the holstein manifesto i hang it's 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 in my my dining room so i pass it every day on the way to my coffee maker in the morning hmm. and I look at it every day and I, and I walk by it every day and I see it every day, but I don't take it in every day. And I'm trying to increase that signal to noise. Well, maybe I'm, you need to make your coffee and sit down and just read it to yourself every morning. Yeah. Well, I, I would forget to do that. It's a, it's a difficult thing to, re, to remind yourself of because then, you know, there's part of you that says, you know what? I need to make enough money to, pay the rent this month and you know i can't quit my job xyz right um and that's it's true and it's hard um but it's 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 the little things right just because you can't quit your job today and do it it doesn't mean that you can't put in place a plan to quit your job if that's what you want to do you know right Um, right yeah yeah and that's the thing is you don't have to this is not all or nothing you don't have to say well you know, I've got rent. I've got kids. I can't quit. Well, no, but you can pick up a paintbrush on the weekend. You can pick up a camera on the weekend or after work or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's a we, – we put up another uh, little post by a, a guy named Emil Nystrom, Nystrom, I think is what it is. Okay. Uh, who is doing uh, very creative portraits of 
his daughter. Uh, and and you've seen cute baby pictures before, uh, but what's happening is this guy is now being looked at to shoot other people. Right. So what started as just uh, a fun a fun family album, so that so that he he was making this for his daughter, so that right. when she gets old enough to look at it, he can say, "Look, here's here's you as a baby doing all these funny things." Uh, and it's yeah, it's cute. And it's it's now become this thing that people are seeking him out to do, right? Uh, shooting pets. There's another photographer that we follow that that started shooting her own dogs and and has now blossomed into this sought after pet photographer because of what she was doing with her dog. Can, can I just point out? Yeah, sure. The two examples you've just given are 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 playing right into the hands of the only things that make it in the world are babies and cute pets. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> True. No, no, no. You're right. And it's all about just doing it, right? Um, you know, uh, Conrad has started a, a zombie podcast. You know? Yes. Uh, so you can go to reanimatedpodcast.com and go listen to three episodes of her and her friend Stuart talking about zombies. You know, uh, that's great. Something to do outside of work, you know. Uh, it's a step in the right direction. Um, and, I, and I think that, that there's, a, there's a lot of internal work that you need to do. Nikki is reading a book right now called Self-Compassion. And the subtitle, I just sent it to you in, in Skype. The, the subtitle is Stop Beating Yourself Up and Leave Insecurity Behind. Um, Although, it, when it comes to books like this, and, and, and I'm very happy if, if these are the kinds of things that help you. Mm-hmm. There's part of me that kind of says, and I may have said this last week, the whole thing about the 21 uh, uh, traits of successful people. You know, I bet one of them isn't reading books called 21 Traits of Successful People. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. if, 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 you're reading, if you're reading this, have you already lost? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I mean, that's like that, so I beat that's myself like, that's up like saying about that. if you go to therapy, have you already lost? No, of course not. You're, you're developing new tools to process events or circumstances in your life. Okay. And, and if, if going to therapy helps you process, if reading a book, if going to a seminar, if listening to Tony Robbins on audiobook helps you yeah. and, and lets you get to that aha moment where you go, oh, okay, okay, yeah, then it's worth it. Well, you know, we've, we've made – you and I have both made big changes in our lives. Yes. Um, Partially, if I'm being completely honest, because of this show. Over the last year, I, 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 can, I can track changes. I can track... Uh, See, it's weird because when, when we started the show, you seemed happier than now. <laughs> Shut up. No, I'm serious. Really? Yeah. You seem to be, I don't think You so. seem to be... Uh, maybe you're questioning more now? I think I am. Yeah. I think I you think that's a positive thing. I think yes. Yes. Uh, Yes, I do. One one of my favorite uh, quotes is by Rilke and, and it's, I won't read the whole thing, but basically the gist of it is live the questions. It's not the answers that are, that are, that are the issue. It's, it's living the questions. And that's kind of where I do live. I live, I live those questions. Hmm. Because it's 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 in it's in living the questions. See now I gotta okay, hold on. Here it is. Uh, 
Uh, okay, here, here it is. It's the whole thing. I would like to beg you, dear sir, as well as I can, to have patience with everything unresolved in your heart and to try to love the questions themselves as if they were locked rooms or books written in a very foreign language. Don't search for the answers, which could be given to you now, because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps someday far in the future, you will gradually, without even noticing it, live your way to the answer. So it's, it's the journey, not the destination. Precisely. And I think going through these things, I mean, we've, we, people have, have written in and some jokingly, some serious saying, you know, this show's like therapy. And, and I, I think it is. I think for us or for the listeners, I hope for everyone involved. Okay. I I think looking at things that maybe you either haven't looked at or have only looked at on a superficial level and, and really taking some time to go a little deeper, this is a good thing. And I have no sense of self-importance about it. I'm not saying, well, I'm allowing you to get in touch with blah, blah, blah. None of that. I'm working through this along with you guys. I'm working through this along with everybody who's listening we talk about these things because we're going through them, not from the space that we've figured it all out. Sure. Absolutely. But from the space that, you know, I'm really screwed up today and I want to talk about this or this is really bothering me. Can we spend some time working through this? Because I think that I'm not the only one. And based on the amount, the amazing amount of positive feedback we get from the show, emails, Google plus notes, uh, tweets, whatever, it's resonating with a great deal of you. And yeah. that, that makes me want to go even deeper. That makes me think that, okay, we're on the right track. Now where can I go? Right. Now what can I work through? So it's, I don't think it's that, I'm, that, I'm, that I was happier then. I think I was maybe in a, in a portion, of, in a place in my life where I didn't want to deal with certain things. And now over the past probably two years, you know, look, we're coming off of a, a death, of, death of a parent and trying to kind of put your life back together and, and figure out what it all means. And, and I think this show happened at the right time and it does help. Uh, and I think I've also become a better photographer because of it. I think I'm thinking about things differently. I think I'm looking at composition differently. I think I'm, you know what I think I'm doing? I think I'm waiting more. Waiting. I'm waiting more. I'm not just holding the camera to my face snapping a picture and going, got it, and moving on. But is there a point at which you, you can wait too long? Sure. Where, where you're... But you're, that's part of the craft, isn't it? Yeah, but, the, but, the, but that, that, that's your quest for introspection leads you to be uh, paralyzed? Um, I, don't, I don't get paralyzed, personally. I don't get paralyzed by things like that. I get paralyzed by fear by fear of success, fear of failure, if I'm in motion, I'm, I'm okay. Whatever that means, whatever happens, whatever the results of that are, I'm okay. If I, if I stop and I don't, and this is going to, this might sound awkward, but if I'm not creating something, if I'm just sort of, you know, like a little buoy in the ocean or something, just bobbing around, that's bad news bears for me. Moving in some direction, however slowly and whatever direction, is, is good for me. Because if I'm moving, things are passing me by. If I'm moving, I'm, I'm on the road to somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. 
I don't know. That, then there, I, then there's I, you know, there's a certain amount of inertia that, like, if you're stopped, it's much harder to get going again. Yes. It's, it's easier for me. If, if I'm already in motion, it's easier for me to change direction than it is to be at full stop and get in motion. Sure. Yeah. No, I can understand that. You know, and this show has helped me to go from full stop to at least some sense of motion. You know, where that is, how fast or slow, yet to be seen. But there's motion, there's movement, there's, there's growth, if I can even use that. Well, you know, maybe, maybe some of my perception of how you felt was that I know you better now. Yeah, I think <laughs> Or that, that you're that's being true. more open towards me and, and the listeners now. Yeah, I think that's true. I th- I, sure, there's a, you know, I think when we first started, there, there, there was a comfort level that I was not willing to go beyond. Right. Whereas now, right, wrong, or indifferent, I feel like there, there, there are no governors. There are no limits. Yeah. You know, I'm willing to talk about whatever. I'm willing to, you know, open up to, to, to whatever's on the table. Yeah. Um, because partially getting back to, to what we, to bring this full circle, there's been an acceptance. There's been a, a resonance with, a group of listeners that go, yeah, I get that. Or even better, I'm going through the same thing. Right. And that's what we can hope for. Well, you know, even like, look, the, the, there, there was a guy on the, um, in the Google Plus community, which, by the way, still put, I mean, more and more people putting up new stuff. I know. I don't even want to put anything up anymore. I'm just um, like, <laughs> my stuff sucks. <laughs> uh, but, but Dan Hawk says, uh, he, he put up a thing. He said, so I started listening to the podcast back in March and really love it. Since then, my focus has moved away from gear, and I'm better for it. Mm-hmm. I still love the tech behind it. So do we. Don't worry about yep. it, Dan. Yep. But my approach is becoming more and more balanced by the day. With that in mind, I started a new site this week. Went with the title gotakepictures.net. It's a place to post my thoughts on the process of making photos, get away from worrying about gears. To say that I've been inspired by Jeffrey and Bill is a huge understatement. I'd love it if you'd stop by and visit. Feedback is appreciated. Like, we have people who are actually changing the way they do things because they're looking at things differently because we're trying to talk about things differently. Yes. And I think that that's a great thing. I do too. So, you know, I, I think that, I think that it, 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 it feeds, you know, things, the deeper you go into a wound, the, 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 the more it hurts. Right. Sure. But the closer you're getting to the bullet so you can pull it out. Right. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think it's fantastic. I think I, I love the format, Dan. Uh, Precompose is probably my favorite one up there so far. Um, so, you know, well done. And, and thanks, thanks for doing it. I think it's, I think it's really cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, not, not about Dan's stuff. Dan's stuff is great. I was just thinking about the other stuff. I'm going to go, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know about anything about I don't this. know about Dan. <laughs> Swing and a miss for me, Dan. <laughs> hey, should, should, we, uh, should we talk about uh, uh, Squarespace? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Jeffrey and I went on to Squarespace this morning and notice that there, there. I think we think that there's some new templates we, that we haven't we think, seen before. 
Yeah, we think there are. I think Peak is new, or maybe I just haven't noticed it. It's really cool. Yeah, there's a few, like and, uh, Ishimoto, is that new? Ishimoto's been up there. See, I just haven't looked at these in a few weeks, and there's all kinds of new ones. I think Beatrice is, might be new. Beatrice might be new, and Peak. And Five. Um, five, I think, yeah. They're, it, very clean. Very clean. Uh, so there's, so I, it, this is all to start out. Look, if you need, if you need a website, you need hosting, uh, Squarespace is the way to go. Uh, we love them. They got these these beautiful, clean designs. Uh, everything is drag and drop. You drop in pictures. You drop in. You know. You copy and paste in your text. You can. You can't screw it up on Squarespace, right? You know. You're you're not going to break your site by by inserting a picture. Right. Um, but if you do screw something up, yeah. there's support. Well, there is. Yeah, yeah. You go online. You chat with somebody, and 24 hours, they're always there. These guys are great. Um, but the, look, the, the great thing about Squarespace, I mean, not only the templates, not only the drag and drop, things look good all the way down to your phone because everything is uh, responsive, you know? Which, which is the new, the new hotness for, for web design. Is that the new hotness? It is the new hotness. Okay. Uh, and, you know, we love them because you can go there and you can try it out for free for two weeks. No credit card needed, no nothing. Right. right. So you go to squarespace.com slash OTP. And you sign up for an account. All you need is an uh, uh, email address and a password you give them. Not your email address password, but any password. And uh, they set you up with, a, with an account that you can mess around with for a couple weeks. You could try importing all your blogs because you can bring everything in from uh, WordPress and, and, and Tumblr and all the rest of them. You could push stuff out to your social network. So like when you post new stuff, it'll update your Twitter feed, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, these these guys are great. Everything looks good on an iPad, iPhone, computer. You know, you know what? The TRS eighty like, that Jeffrey has <laughs> the TRS. My Timex Sinclair looks <laughs> awesome. Uh, we were talking about it before the show. It's if you go check out any of the templates, right? Uh, it, not only does it show you what their default content looks like, but if you scroll down a little bit, you can see what customers are doing with that particular template. So you can see how it gives you ideas on how you can customize what they're giving you even further. Right. And if that's still not enough, you can even put your own custom code in CSS, JavaScript, whatever you want uh, to customize it even further still. So you you really can make these things your own, but you're not having to write a ton of code to make them look great. Yeah. There, there it's look, Squarespace is, is the way to go. Go there, try it out. Uh, you know, they're, they're, look, they're hosting and software in one. So they're hosting your website and you sign up for a year. They even will get you your domain you want. So, you know, you want grumpy old man, com. <laughs> you can get that if it's available. Uh, it's um, that, that could be your site. <laughs> it's not available. You already bought it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you might be able to get .net, but .com has gone. And you don't have to worry about updating the software on your server, making sure security updates, or if, if you know, your site ends up on the Phoblographer and you get 4,000 uh, visitors in 30 seconds, um, yeah. you, you don't have to worry about it because they've got this whole virtual hosting stuff where if your site starts to get slammed, it like they create instances of your site and other Java like they basically it's sort of the expanding universe you know like they just incre- right. they invent these other instantiations of your site uh so that nothing goes down it's fantastic 
Uh, so they you can even your, sell stuff. You got the the, the oh, drag and drop e-commerce. The solution. e-commerce stuff's amazing. And then they got that that portfolio app for the iPad, so that you, it'll just download all your images. So your portfolio is on your iPad offline. Yeah, um, good stuff. They're fantastic. We we've got a really good code for you guys, though. Oh no! What are you, are you actually worried about this? Or are you just saying that? Uh, what is it? Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, this month's code is no it's good it's not even funny I'm not even making fun of your age it's aim focus shoot all one word okay I like that aim focus shoot yeah uh, so you know something different because we wanted I wanted to stop making fun of us <laughs> this time next month we'll go back to making you fun of us give me a reprieve yeah <laughs> it's like enjoy it kid that's right We'll be back in 30. <laughs> <laughs> but you go use the aim, focus, shoot, and you'll get a 10% off discount when you decide to buy. But go try it out, man. No no, no credit card required. Go try it for two weeks and uh, see what you think. Uh, Squarespace, we thank them very much for supporting Untaking Pictures and 5x5. Uh, Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. We like Squarespace. They're our buddies. Yeah. Um, all right. Where do you want to go from here? Uh, well, oh, you want to talk uh, about the the big fish? I've 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 got an iPhone, so apparently I'm now a photojournalist. <laughs> okay, there's a number of things here that that drive me crazy. Yeah. All right. First, t- t- tell what, what's going on. Uh, the Chicago Sun Times uh, laid off their entire photo staff. Right. Yeah. Their entire photo staff, which includes a, a a Pulitzer Prize winner. What's the guy's name? I forget his name. Uh, John White? John White. Okay. Okay, th- here's, here's a number of things that I, feelings I have about this. One, I'm not surprised. Right. Uh, uh, newspapers are having a harder and harder time uh, uh, doing this kind of stuff, right? Um, they don't make a lot of money, and having, how many was it, 35 or something, 20-something? 28. 28. Full-time. Full-time staff photographers, that's, you know, a couple million dollars a year that, that they're paying. Now, Look, the, it's the, an experiment at this point, yeah, right? Right. But okay. So then the other line is that they're going to give – they're going to basically train their, their, their reporters to use their iPhones to take pictures for the articles. Right. right. Now, here, a number of things are going on here. Number one, I can't stand the term iPhoneography. It's okay. photography – Right. You're using an iPhone as a camera. There's nothing. So it's it's not Nikonography or exactly. Canonography yeah. or it's, Lyconography. Who, you know, who cares that they're using iPhones? Great. They're using their they're using their phones to take pictures. And you know what? For the opening of some store somewhere, like a local piece, that might be fine. Mm-hmm. They do also. I think I read that they're going to hire photographer freelance photographers for the more important thing. So if they got to go take portraits of some, the mayor or something like right. that. And I, I think that was the knee jerk reaction was that, Oh, the sometimes they're not going to use quote unquote professionals anymore, which right. is rubbish. That's malarkey. They're they just not going to have, they don't, they can't support 28 of them on staff. Right. right. Um, and they figured out that they can, they can do it cheaper hiring people when they need people. And you know, that's, that's a valid way of doing it, I guess, you know, that's how most people, most people do it. You mm-hmm. know, I work for lots of magazines. Those magazines don't have staff photographers. And you know what? Yes, Chicago Sun-Times is a big newspaper. 
But the great majority of the stuff that's going to be on their front page is national news or international news, and they'll buy the pictures from the AP or from Getty or from Magnum or from blah, 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 Mm -hmm. right? Just because they don't have guys on staff doesn't mean they're not going to be using great photos for important events. Right. You know, there's plenty of, you know, services, news services, Reuters will still have photographers there and, you know, so... So I think that that is fine. Now, do I think it's short-sighted? Yes. Do I think that it is, okay, you're saving $2 million, but what you're going to end up with is a lower quality product that less people are going to read because of it, and it will probably cost you more than $2 million to do that? Uh, probably, yeah. You know, Do you need 28? Could you, have, could you have gotten down to 10 so that you still had a team of guys that could go out and do the really important stuff for you, right. for you in town? Maybe. But apparently the guy who runs the Chicago Sun-Times now, I forget his name, used to work for another newspaper and he did the same thing there. Mm-hmm. Is so it this uh, is his, Newman? Is that maybe, him? Yeah. So this is, this, is, this is maybe modus operandi, you know? Okay. Well, I, you know, the, there are a number of different opinions going on. Uh, one of uh, the photojournalists, Alex Garcia, did uh, an article on his blog called The Idiocy of Eliminating a Photo Staff, where he in his opinion, uh, kind of outlines some things. And, and you can read it, maybe we can put it in the show notes, you can read it for yourself. But one of the things that, that, that he points out are the logistics of the thing. You know, he says it's a, a, logistical, a, excuse me, a logistical nightmare. News is demanding, even when you have a staff, the assignment editors want to pull their hair out. You need to have people in place on a regular basis, ready to move when assignments fall through and news happens. Assignments are not what you expect. They get canceled, moved, dropped, disregarded, depending on priorities that change like the wind. That's why photo departments have schedules and shifts. You can't hope to make calls to 10 freelancers each day, hoping that you can find a few that will cover the news. You can't expect a freelancer to drop a higher paying job to get into the city from Crystal Lake when everything busts loose. Good freelancers know they're good and will likely drop out for higher paying assignments. That's assuming there are higher paying assignments, though, but I'll put that aside for the moment. Sure. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I get, I get this point of, of, uh, te- you know, calling in freelancers at the drop of a hat, you may or may not get, uh, the people or the coverage that you would normally have with a staff. Is that, is there some, some truth to that? Um, yeah, I mean, argument could be made, but you know what? I, I would look, I, I will, does every story that has a picture need to have a picture taken by somebody who really knows how to take pictures in the same way that does every story need to have a crack reporter on it? Mm-hmm. Or if, you know, I heard somebody use the example of, you know, uh, it's a city council meeting talking about whether or not they're going to remove a tree from some park. Okay. Yeah. Does that do, need, do does, we, does that do need, we need a five D three and L glass to cover that? Right. And, do, and 20 years of experience. Do we need Bernstein to write that? Or is that pretty much a fact based thing? You know? Yeah. Okay. Joe okay. Schmo got up and said this. Sue Smo got up and said this. They decided this. These are, these are, I mean, there, there are basic reporting things that are just literally just facts. It's not analysis. Right. So do, do you think the short sightedness is the elimination of the entire staff rather than the paring down? I think that's part of it. I think it's also a knee-jerk reaction, and I felt the same way when I first heard about it, of, see, we're becoming, photographers are becoming less and less important and whatever, which is entirely not the case. 
Mm-hmm. There are just as many or more pictures in the newspaper now than there were back in the day. It's just that there are more people taking them, you know. Um, now, they're saying that they've got the, – the Sun-Times is saying that one of the big reasons was that audiences are seeking more video content with their news. Okay? So, yeah. that, 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 th- there's, there's point one. Okay? So, if that's the case, why would you train your reporters to use an iPhone? to take that video content uh, versus what versus having dedicated teams to do it. I, this is, this is one of the things I don't understand. Well, the video content they're talking about, I don't think that they're talking about like well-produced three minute little short subject things. I you're think talking about talking heads, maybe even not even that maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe just like here, I'm sticking a mic in your face. Like, you know, you were the first guy to, at the scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I was standing here. And this car comes down the road. <laughs> is that, is it, are they go, they're only going to cover the news in Brooklyn? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> but, um, uh, but, right. But isn't, but isn't that a lot of what we're talking about? Do you really need another cameraman or can the person just hold up their iPhone and aim at the person? Because a lot of people do that anyway, right? Uh, yeah. There, well, look, Anderson look, Cooper started his career that way. Look, look at, look, look how many, uh, uh, look how many, people on blogs and 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 you know uh let's call them 21st century press people you know vloggers is that sure okay vloggers sure i mean these people are working on a shoestring thing shooting stuff on their thing on their iphones and putting it up on a blog you know i guess the other part of it is look it's not the fact that you're going to use an iphone because i think you can get some fantastic results out of an iphone i don't don't think yeah, I mean, it's look, every, great photographs are not solely about per pixel sharpness. Um, but now you're asking, <laughs> you like that? Go ahead. Uh, you're asking reporters to not only write the story, but to take on an additional job for arguably no more compensation. Yes. So you're going to have these, these, these men and women do more work for the same or actually less pay because now you've got more hours going into it. Well, of course. Yeah. I mean, that, that part's the business part, Mm -hmm. but all the reporters want to keep their jobs too. So they're going to do it. I mean, I think, I think part of, part of the thing that we don't really talk about and we don't like to talk about, and this is the, this is true in a lot of different industries, but let's, let's take the newspaper industry right now as an example. They probably built up this staff of 28 people when news, when everyone read the newspapers and newspapers were rolling high and they had more money than they knew what to do with, say, 1982. Okay. Right? Sure. And did they really need that many staff photographers then or was it just like, oh, we're the Chicago Sun-Times and like we need to have the best stuff and we have money to spend on it and okay, we go and do it. Just like, you know what? I'm making $250,000 this year. You know what? I... I, I I mean I need to I need to drive a, a Mercedes or an Audi. It's like, do you really need to drive a Mercedes or an Audi, or is it just because you have the money to spend on it, and therefore you're justifying it that way? You mm-hmm. know. So if they don't have if when they're rolling high and they've got liquid you know cash coming through, then those twenty eight guys is nothing. It's like you know it's 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 a line item in in a larger budget that ends up being in the black at the end. But the point at which these these things start running into the red, you kind of go, okay, well, what do we really need? Well, look, we actually buy two thirds of the images in the newspaper anyway, because they're, again, they're national, international things. It's a picture of Obama, you know, in Kazakhstan. 
we're, there's no way that that's ever going to be a Chicago Sun-Times reporter on the on the plane. And if, even if he was, why do we need that? There's another 15 guys, stringers, that are there anyway, right? Right. So well, how many, and, how, where, where, where is between the cracks of the you know, tree at the city council meeting and Obama's in Washington, what, how many stories in the middle require having a team of guys on there? Sure. Well, and, and look, let, let's, let's, let's not forget that this is the latest casualty. This is not, this is not the, the, the first or last time something like this has happened. There is a, uh, a fantastic documentary called Page One. Have you seen this? No. Uh, it's called Page One Inside the, the New York Times. I think it's still oh, streaming it. yeah, yeah, yeah. on Netflix. And look, th- part of what they go through in this documentary is the elimination of people that have been at the, at the paper for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. Yeah. That, look, we, we, can't, we can't have a dedicated XYZ column. That's going to get picked up by this reporter now. Right. We can't have this section because that's going to get folded into lifestyle or whatever. Right. So, yeah, I do think it's an evolution of, of where the industry, the newspaper industry is as a whole. I think some of the information that's coming out about it is we're not hearing all of it. Right. You know, we're hearing the, the big line item that, that photographers are being replaced with iPhones. Well, no, they're being no. replaced by somebody, another person taking the pictures. They're being replaced by the reporters. And, and if the Chicago, Sun, the Chicago Tribune or Chicago Sun-Times doesn't think that that is wor- worth enough, because, you know, what? ultimately, news places are businesses, you know. Right. And so the they're, they're looking comes, at this as a bottom line. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? That's a perfectly reasonable. I don't I think they're wrong. I think they're short sighted personally. Mm-hmm. But there's somebody there who's a who's a bean counter. And that's the way they've counted the beans. And, you know, I, I don't I don't I don't I think it's I think it's silly, but I am not at all surprised. Right. I don't know. Well, and and at least some of the people that were laid off may may likely find themselves in a freelance position doing the same job they did before you know i i will tell you that as Maybe. a as a portrait photographer doing the kind of work that i do i feel a little better than if i was a photojournalist in that you know um I get hired to go take portraits of somebody in their office or in a, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I am not going to be replaced because everyone has an iPhone with them. Right. You know, that like, Oh, this, the, the bombing in Boston happened and there are 500,000 pictures because everyone had a camera around them. Not everyone has a camera around some lawyer who needs to get shot for some magazine. You know what I mean? So, well, you know what? then you just said something. Go ahead. No, go, so what were you going to say? Uh, the, the, the thing about the, the, the bombing or, or uh, the, the flooding that took place a while back in yep. New York, you know, the, the photograph on the cover of, the, of Time magazine was not a photojournalist, was not. Yes, but this photo on the, for the Boston bombing was a photojournalist. Right, but I'm saying that that, that that has to at least be factored into these decisions is there are already people on the ground or there are people there that may have great photographs. Of course, yeah. Now you you may not like it the 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 universal you not you mm-hmm. you may not like it because you feel like that's taking money out of your pocket but ultimately what is the point of all this right is to you know make money 
for, right. for the for the well, newspaper. And, and it's not about extent, the, the newspaper isn't there to support photographers and reporters. They're there right. to have. They're there to create something that advertisers want to put their advertisements on. You know? Is, isn't there a little bit of, of, you know, you can't put the genie back in the bottle? You know, you wanted to give everybody camera phones. Yep. Well, now they've got camera phones. So this is one of the things you have to deal yeah. with. Yeah, and it's the same. And look, uh, even with us photographers, oh, look at all the great stuff we have. It's so easy to take pictures now because digital SLRs do all the work for you. Well, that means that people don't need special training or skills to be able to use these cameras mm-hmm. when they used to have to before. Mm-hmm. And the practical upshot of that is that there are a whole lot more photographers out there, so you have a lot more competition. So, would you rather it be easy, or would you rather have a job? <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. And there's there's an argument to be made there, and I don't know where it comes. I don't know where it. I right. Don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out, and to see who, if anyone else, follows suit after seeing. Yeah. You know, how, well, how look, the, the Sun Times has not been doing well in general. No, none no. of these newspapers are doing well. Um, but I mean, I look, I've shot for a lot of different newspapers, a lot of different magazines. Uh, you know, I know Time Magazine has uh, has staff photographers or people that they are sort of associated with, but you know, they still hire me every once in a while. So, you know, so there are, the, 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 you know, hiring freelancers is not a new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a friend who shoots for. The Daily News, one of the, you know, crappier New York papers, the more tabloidy kind of things. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, and like there was some dead person on the street or whatever it is. And she like bribed some guy in a building to let her onto the roof so she could shoot down on it. You know, like, I mean, you wow, know, really? Yeah. Wow. You know, and, and like, and she gets paid like $200 a day. <laughs> You know, well, yeah. Look, we talked about this a, a few episodes right. ago. But two hundred dollars um, a day is fifty-two grand a year, which is better than a lot of people make. Yeah, if you're doing it every day, which yep. you're not, right? You know, based based on a right. what is it, two thousand eighty hour full time right. job? Yeah, but you're not doing that, right? I don't know. It's just it's a, it's a big giant mess. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Chicago. Sometimes I, I'm sure there will be more to come. But my feeling is, are you know. I think the, the sentiment from the on taking pictures staff is that the, the, no new no new news no surprise, you know. Yeah. It's like okay, great. Things have become more automated. News at right. eleven. D D D D. This just in. Yeah. Computers make people obsolete. <laughs> um. Hey, what do you think of this patent troll thing? Oh, so this is not very photo-related, but it is podcast-related. It is podcast-related, yeah. So the idea is that some people say that they own podcasting? Yeah, a company called Personal Audio uh, says that that they own uh, a a patent. It's it's patent number 8,112,504, for those of you keeping track. Okay. Um, Called, quote, uh, a system for disseminating media content representing episodes in a serialized sequence, end quote, and appears to be claiming that podcasting itself violates the patent. Now, they've, also, they've already sued uh, Adam Carolla's show. They've sued How Stuff Works uh, and Togi Entertainment. I'm surprised they haven't gone after uh, Twit, Leo Laporte's thing. Oh, yeah, sure. Sure, sure. And even Dan. You know, even five by five. Uh, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how this shakes up. Now, apparently this patent was applied for in 2009. 
and granted in 2012, which is funny to me that it took them three years. But like we were talking before, the show, in 2009, Apple, like, people two were, weeks. you know what? The problem with this is that there's way there's tons of prior art because people have been podcasting since 2007. So if they applied for it in 2009, see what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. They, if this ever look, goes to a judge, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? This stuff existed and people were doing it well before you did with, you know, Dave Weiner and RSS scripts. And you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Isn't it great? The new, okay. The commentary here is, isn't it great that the new USPTO is now rushing through patent approvals. So examiners like Carl Collin could claim that this patent was both new and non-obvious to those skilled in the art when podcasting itself has been around since at least 2004. Right. This is the problem. Uh, why not look it up on, oh, I don't know, how stuff works. One of the companies being sued for violating the patent that wasn't applied for until 2009. Uh, incredibly, Adam Carolla's podcast started on February 23rd, 2009, or exactly two weeks before this patent was applied for. Right. Yeah. So, uh, uh, this is actually a child patent of an earlier application. So this company is arguing priority from 1996. Uh, in, in other words, this is in reality, a submarine patent, which were supposed to have been outlawed. Well, look, I think that what they're doing is they got the patent. They're trying to scare people out of money. They don't want to go to court. So they're hoping that that Discovery and Adam Carolla give them $100,000 and they walk away. Mm -hmm. Then they go sue more people. So it actually is a patent troll situation. Now, if the guy actually did come up with the whole idea before Dave Weiner and whatever it is and just it never got out in the world, mm -hmm. is, it, is that all right if he then complains about it? Uh, I don't know. I mean, is it? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. That's not. That's not for me to litigate or decide we need to have uh what is the guy p.e preston is that his name p.e preston guy? yeah get maybe, on it preston <laughs> maybe maybe he will uh uh chime in our 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 resident law genius um i i you look my feeling upon this is that it's people trying to go after some quick cash and that if this ever went to blows in court and, you know, I th you said the EFF is, is on the side of the... Yeah, EFF has got a fundraiser yeah. uh, raising money to, uh, to litigate the thing. I mean, uh, look, I, I like the idea that... Um, I don't know. The, the, it's, yeah, save, save podcasting, stop stupid patents. It's right on the homepage of the EFF. Uh, I'll put this in the show notes, too. Okay. Um, the Electronic Frontier Foundation is a, a good organization, if you guys don't know it. Advocacy um, organization for... Yeah, uh, Save Podcasting Prior Art. And there's you know, tons of prior art. And you know what? You get these many big things behind it, there's no way that they're going to win. Mm -hmm. But it is, it is BS, right? That's, that's the ultimate thing. It's just a big waste of time. I don't know. Big waste of time. Hey, I, uh, I put a thing in the show notes. I don't know if you've got the chance to look at it. Um... It's a New York Times article about you – know, let me open it up in an incognito window so I can actually read it. Uh, when, it may not, when it may not pay to be famous, it's called. Is this the, the video game thing? The, the, was it the yeah. EA thing? Yeah. yeah. So uh, Ryan Hart, who was a quarterback for Rutgers back, on, uh, you know, back in the day, um, is in 
NCAA football video game mm-hmm. uh, by EA. And basically the argument is that he says that they should have gotten permission and paid him a fee for using his likeness. Right. Now, the problem with this that particular instance is that I think that when you play for an NCAA team, you lose control over your likeness. The it NCAA owns the it. NCAA, right? Yeah. But putting that aside for the moment, uh, and I'm sure P. Preston's going to yell at us about that one too. Man, we're like we're just talking out our butts about law stuff today. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> we're going to get all kinds of corrective emails. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be very angry. He gets very angry at me. Um, anyway, so uh, basically, Screen Actor Gills and another a number of other players' unions have filed briefs uh, supporting the guy, saying that athletes, actors, and other celebrities must have the rights to control the use of their identities and to harvest financial fruits of their fame. Now, wait a minute. You're saying that the Screen Actors Guild... <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, but here's where it gets interesting. So the courts, on one hand, have rejected right of publicity suits arising from a painting of Tiger Woods, a comic book evoking musicians uh, Johnny and Edgar Winter, parody baseball trading cards, and a fantasy baseball game that uses the name, stats, and biographies of major league players. But they have uh, allowed suits over the broadcast of a human cannonball's entire act, a comic book using a hockey player's nickname, uh, an ad evoking Vanna White's skill at turning letters on Wheel of Fortune, and a reference to Rosa Parks in a song. So if there's a legal principle that unites all these rulings, it's hard to discern. What is clear, though, is that video games deserve full amendment protection. It's just it's very interesting. It's that, you know, it gets back to to apparently if you if if you're talking about famous people and it's truthful and does not invade their privacy, then you're stuck. So that's why Zuckerberg didn't get any money for the social network. Mm -hmm. Right. So the question becomes, are you basically are you making art? Out of it, some guy named Gary Satterup, who was an artist who sold charcoal sketches of the Three Stooges, right? The court stated that uh, some depictions of celebrities deserve protection as free speech because, quote, the appropriation of their likeness may be important, uh, may have important uses in uninhibited debate on public issues. So, First Amendment protection basically uh, isn't about it being mass produced. It's 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 whether you know. It, it, it's a literal they said that it didn't count because it was a literal and conventional depiction of the three stooges without any significant transformative or creative contribution so it's had like, they been so, like so, the caricatures yeah then it would have been something but because he's a really mf artist who can actually draw a photographic version of the three wow. stooges it doesn't count interesting yeah you know, I really don't know how I feel about all this stuff. And I'm a guy who, you know, has copyright on my images. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago, some guy wanted to use one of my pictures for – he was doing a training thing. And one of my pictures was one of the people that he was talking about. And uh, he wrote me an email to ask me if he could use it in his PowerPoint presentation. And, you know, I, I went back and forth with him a little bit just to make sure what he was doing. And, you know, I let him do it. But I was really happy that he actually called and asked. Sure. You know, the fact that he asks makes me more likely to say yes. What, what is the and maybe again, maybe we can we can ask around. But what is 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 there an official like if it's if it's being used for for news or satire yeah, common, or parody? Yeah, that kind of stuff is legal. But I do, but 
But what I about education? What about uh, you know? I want to I want to write a, uh, a a book about I don't know the effects of Richard Avedon's photographs on society. Don't I still have to go to Richard Avedon's estate and get the rights to use those photographs? You know, that's a that see. There's a good example because I mean that's theoretically commentary, but ultimately you're just making a book of Richard Avedon photos. Yeah, you know. So people could not even read the words, but then they're getting what should be property of the Avedon Foundation or whatever. Right. But because it's framed lightly in commentary, mm-hmm. d- does that get around it? Mm-hmm. It's tough. And then there was another thing where the some museum in Amsterdam recently started putting up high-res copies of 100,000 of its works for free availability. Now, some people say, what if they're, you're a living artist and they bought one of your works? Are they allowed to do that? Uh, I guess if they bought it, they are. I don't yeah. know. Weird though, right? Yeah. So if somebody buys a print of one of my December pictures, they're allowed to take a picture of that and put it anywhere they want? Uh, that, again, these are, these are yeah. questions that are well beyond my, my, my scope. Let's, let's be honest, Jeffrey. There's nothing well beyond your scope. <laughs> anyway, I'll put, the, I'll, put the, I'll put it in the show notes. I thought it was an interesting article. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else we got here? We, we, got... we have the new monitor that you're going to buy. Oh, what do you think of that? I, I, you know what I think? Here's what I think. I think Asus should send oh, okay. us a couple. You know what I think? This is what I think. <laughs> you want to, you, you want to hear what I think? You, you, you want to go review on this monitor? You sent, <laughs> you sent two of them caravan taking pictures. Uh, and so maybe yeah. we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll talk about it. So Asus last week – see, I complained a couple weeks ago when I was looking to buy a new monitor, and I still have yet to buy a new monitor um, because I was pissed off that monitors haven't been above 2560 by whatever for eight years now and that I hate to buy a new monitor that's going to last me four years when 4K monitors are going to come out in the next couple of years, and then I'm going to have wasted, you know, 1500 bucks on a monitor that is not... the next couple of months, as the case may be. <laughs> well, right, and then so, you know, I waited, and look what happened. Asus has announced a 4K monitor. Um, last week, they, they announced it, and I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Now, apparently it does uh, 3840 by 2160. That's a lot of pixels. It's a lot of pixels, yeah. And uh, it, it's, it's a IPS display as far as we know. Uh, now, it's not technically 4K. This would be Ultra HD, I think, because it's, it's basically quad HD. It's, it's four HD displays, you know, stacked together, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I would personally, I would love this. To be able to edit and actually look at my stuff at 100% or much closer to 100% and have it look really good on the screen would be amazing. Uh, you'd need to update your video card. Uh, well, I have, a, I have a 650. I think it could run it. The, the bigger issue, I think, is actually going to be uh, Mac OS because Mac OS just doesn't know what to do with a resolution, the screen that high. So we're going to have to wait till they update that. I would not be surprised if that's in uh, the next version of OS 10, especially with Haswell oh, uh, chipsets coming out. I, you know, but then again, Ivy Bridge can do 4K too, theoretically. But mm-hmm. there just hasn't been monitors to use it on. You know, no, no, no. I mean, in it, because right now it's it's a limitation of the OS. I would I would imagine that the next iteration of OS 10 
will lift that limitation. Yeah, but not because of Haswell, just because of the fact that these monitors are now available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now the downside of it is that it looks like it's going to be almost four grand. I think I saw four thousand on one site. I saw thirty seven ninety nine on another site. Now the, the thing is, is that that's that's uh, street. Pr- that's not street price. That's manufacturers suggested retail, right? Uh, yeah. And ASUS stuff never sells for MSRP. So no, maybe but it's maybe not they're be two thir- grand. No, but maybe they're thirty two. Mm-hmm. You know, and that and this is the first iteration, right? So once they have competition, because did they make this panel? Probably not. LG you know? probably made it. Well, right. So isn't that going to sell to somebody else too? Maybe next week there'll be an Apple Ultra HD display that comes out, you know, using mm-hmm. the same panel, right? Um, the question becomes whether or not the color's any good. I mean, it's IPS, but whether it can be calibrated. I mean, I'd love internal lookup tables, but if it was between internal look t- lookup tables and that much, that many pixels, I might vie for that many pixels. I might because screen. Oh, gorgeous. Well, it's the same size screen as mine. It's just four times like, you know, 50% more dense in both directions. I don't know that I, I would love that thing. The PQ three twenty one. But, uh, so apparently, uh, they let the people at the verge plug in a 15 inch MacBook air to it. And Mac OS didn't that, quite know what to pro? do or MacBook pro rather, yeah. uh, retina MacBook pro retina. And apparently it didn't, it didn't know, um, it didn't really know what to do with it. So it, it up 2560 by 1600 or something like that. But apparently it's, it worked, but it was a little laggy. But then again, the video card was then running both the monitor external and the internal monitor. Right. Um, interesting though. Yeah. It's, this is going to be an interesting, it'll be out uh, in a few weeks. So we'll see. Yeah. Again, you know, Asus, if you want to, you know, send one over to bill do you could do that yeah I'd, i'll take one <laughs> i don't know ac somebody broke into my house and stole your monitor sorry <laughs> we can't send it back um yeah so you know what i mean look if, if it gets around three grand that's not that bad if you're going to be using it for three or four years now how much better of a monitor will come out in three or four years that's another question or a year or a year you know so it's one of those things where it's like, you really want it, but at the same time, if you get it, are you going to be, you know, I don't know. It looks pretty sexy to me, though. looks like a nice monitor. Yeah. Hey, uh, photographer of the week this week, what are we going to do? Wait, do you, are we running out of time? Do you want to, do you want to scrap the, uh, come What's on, real left? quick, creative cloud. Oh, I forgot about that. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what happened? Basically, a lot of people, uh, there were a lot of negative comments about the new pricing and distribution model for Creative Suite, or, or what is now I didn't hear any of these Creative cl- What? Uh, now Adobe says says that they're listening. Uh, whether that translates into them actually doing anything about it is still yet to be seen. Uh, but what what they have identified is that that file access is a big deal. That that customers want to be sure that that if they uh, no longer want to subscribe to Creative Cloud that they'll still get access to their files. Um, was that really ever in doubt? I don't think that that's the big thing. I think the big thing is if I, you know, if I buy Photoshop CS6, I can use that in perpetuity. If I stop paying my Creative Cloud membership, I get nothing for all the money right, that so I put into So that's that's the bottom 
uh, the, the point number three they were making. Some customers are not convinced the Creative Cloud is right for them and would rather continue to purchase desktop applications as before. Right. But the one that makes the biggest deal for us is the second one. Yes, photographers, particularly photo enthusiasts, are looking for a more tailored offering that focuses on their particular needs. Look, here's it. We, we've said this before. Photoshop, Lightroom, 20 bucks a month, done. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. What if it was 25? You know, um, I think that's at the very outside envelope of what it should be. Okay. You know, but yeah, 12 and a half bucks a month for, for both of them. I think that's a lot more manageable than 50. Right. You know, or 40, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm surprised that they didn't realize that when they were talking about it in the first place. Uh, I think they did. I, th- I, I, th- I think what's happened is, is they get to look like good guys that are, if, if they change this, they get to look like good guys who have the customer at, 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 at hand. They have the customer's needs uh, top of mind. You know, gotcha, so there's, yeah. there's, some, there's some marketing See, spin. we're listening. Yeah. There's so some think marketing they, they, they put out what it was because they want to see how far they could go. But in reality, they're willing to do less. I, I think that's a distinct possibility. They, they bid high is what you're telling me. Yeah, I think that's a possibility. Because look, then they look like the good guys. They look like, you know what? We had such overwhelming positive support for, for Creative Cloud, but here's where they didn't, you know, so we're going to make some changes, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See Whatever. how much we love you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. I, you know, I, I, I guess that that's just an update, but I guess we'll see what they actually end up doing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're going backwards for the photographer of the week this week. And, and isn't this also a, a, a reader suggestion? Yes, it is. I think, well, was it a reader suggestion? Yeah, I think it was. I think we've had a couple people ask about this. Uh, so we're going to talk about a couple civil war photographers and there are a bunch. Um, but we're going to, we're going to pull out, uh, Alexander Gardner and Matthew Brady because they're sort of the two big ones. Um, Matthew Brady famously, uh, you know, built these crazy carts and traveled around and took pictures of all of the um, battlefields and whatnot. I mean, think about that. Yeah. You, you throw a 5D and a couple pieces of glass in a bag and out but the door you But it's too heavy. I need a four-thirds camera. <laughs> I, have to, I can't carry this giant digital SLR. I need something mirrorless because my dainty arms can't... <laughs> I'm sorry, was that not a good impression of you? <laughs> oh, wait, was that me? Was that, that, that it, was it was me? of you and your ilk, Sidoris. <laughs> Rise up, mirrorless users. <laughs> Slap Bill Wadman down. Um, yeah, so this guy was crazy, right? Uh, he, he, built, he built, he spent over $100,000... Now, is that a hundred? They don't really say this is a, from the Wikipedia entry. They don't say whether it was a hundred thousand dollars money Civil back then money or, or, or now money now adjusted money, right. for inflation. Right. It's got to be adjusted because that would be millions of dollars. OK, so we spent a hundred thousand dollars to create over 10,000 plates. These are glass plates, people. Yeah. Uh, and he was driving around. Basically, uh, uh, he was, you know, he was doing ambrotype photography, albumin prints. You know, he was doing stuff on, on glass. And, uh, he got really into it from the beginning from, you know, he, he, uh, uh, it's just crazy. He, cause he Not was only stu- portraits though, but battlefield shots. Right. Cause he was studying painting with a guy named page who, uh, whose former teacher was Samuel Morse, 
who had met Daguerre back in 1939. So, like, this guy's a correct, a direct connection, right? What'd you These just are say? Amazing, huh? What'd you just say? What did I just say about what? I, I missed what you said when I was reading this oh, thing. The- he, that he's not just doing portraits, he's doing battlefield shots. Oh, yeah. So and he's the, out there sort of in the midst of some of this stuff. Yeah. And and the ones that get me, though, are the post-battle shots of, of like, just bodies and Bodies ditches. everywhere. Yeah. 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 I mean, this is just, I mean, I think this is probably the first example where people actually got to see what battle was really like, mm-hmm. you know, in that way. Uh, and that's just terrifying. Now, yeah. here's the crazy part. So he spent $100,000 to do 10,000 plates. He expected the U.S. government to buy the photographs when the war ended, but when the government refused to do so, he was forced to sell his New York City studio and go, go into bankruptcy. Congress granted Brady $25,000 in 1875, but he remained deeply in debt. Depressed by his financial situation, loss of eyesight, and devastated by the death of his wife in 1887, he became very lonely. He died penniless in the charity ward of Presbyterian Hospital in New York City. Mm. in January of 1896 from complications following a streetcar accident. So, <laughs> I mean, this goes to the whole thing of like, you know, the kind of goes back to the whole Robert Downey Jr. interview where it's like, oh yeah, it's great. And I'm make, doing my art and I'm making my whatever. Right. And here's a guy who did that and then ended up a pauper, you know, died in a hospital, a ward of the state. Um, because the government wouldn't give him what are now considered, you know, some of the greatest photographs ever taken in the 19th century. Right. Um, just crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, he, he photographed 18 of the 19 presidents from John Quincy Adams to, to William McKinley. Uh, he, missed, he missed William Henry Harrison, who died uh, in office three years before Brady started his photographic collection. Um, but, you know, some amazing stuff, including uh, a picture of Abraham Lincoln – on the day that he gave his big uh, speech at Cooper Union. Uh, classic, classic stuff. Uh, also, uh, we wanted to talk about uh, Alexander Gardner, who is also a super famous photographer, um, who shot a number of stuff on the battlefield and, and the, the famous rebel sharpshooter yeah. at Gettysburg. And, and the, uh, the, the guy, the manacled guy that, that was part of the lincoln conspiracy all of them yeah all yeah. the conspirators yeah. he shot like on the ship when they right, the day before at the fort before they were going to get killed he went and took these wonderful portraits of 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 the guys before they died all the people were going to get hung for the for killing the president um which are those are actually really beautiful photographs mm-hmm. he also took what are considered sort of the classic portraits of lincoln the Gettysburg portrait taken a few weeks before the Gettysburg address and uh, the famous cracked glass plate that it cracked while he was processing it. And so all the prints of it have this big crack across it because they basically had to scan two plates in order to put them together. Ah, right. Yeah. I'm looking at it right Um, now. There's prints of that. And I think the original plate, I think we're at the, uh, at the Smithsonian uh, uh, portrait gallery, Hmm. uh, which is, Great, and it's like a little bit off the mall north of uh, uh see i I love this kind of work oh yeah this is this is uh, really really amazing not not just the historical significance of it, but I find it interesting how composition has changed yeah yeah absolutely uh it's you know everything you know um 
it's uh, well, you know, a composition has changed and yet it hasn't really changed. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's, 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 I think that you, you mean the, like the, the portrait portraits or like the sh- more battlefield sort of photography kind of things. More of the battlefield photography. Yeah. I mean, the, the portraits are, are not a lot has changed, but yeah. the, 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 the staged or posed, uh, people in tents and, and the soldiers and then, and then the actual battlefield shots. I just find it very interesting how they photographed and, and what they chose as, as sort of the focus of the image. Yeah, sure. Oh, God. It's, just, it's so brutal just seeing piles of dead guys like just rotting. Yeah. I mean, so many people died during the Civil War that they just didn't have time to bury them all. You know, it's just, ugh, it's awful. Just crazy, crazy stuff. You ever go to these Civil War battlefields? Uh, I have not. I've always wanted to, um, but I have not. You know, in the early 90s when the Ken Burns Civil War came out, and a lot of these pictures are in there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 my father and a billion other people his age were all got into – I mean, they all watched them all. And then some of them got really crazy and were going to visit all the battlefields and had all the books and, you know, all the rest of it. Right. And at the time, I was always like, why are you guys so obsessed with this thing that happened, you know, 150 years ago, 130 years ago, I guess, at the time. And but now looking at it, I kind, I get it more as an adult than I did when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we went to uh, Bull Run, uh, Manassas down in Virginia with my sister and the kids and whatever and my, my brother-in-law. Last time I was down there. And it's just fascinating walking around and like reading the things and like kind of imagining, oh, these guys came over this hill at this time. Right. And you're trying to like kind of picture what it must have been like to be there when, you know, 50,000 guys come running over the hill with bayonets. Oh, and just how battle tactics have changed since yeah. the Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you guys stand in front of you, these guys. You guys stand here. Now load and shoot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and whoever's still standing, you guys reload and shoot yeah. again. Yeah. But don't move. Yeah. Just stay where you're if at. If you need more, yeah. If, if, if you need more gunpowder, take it off the guy who died next to you. Yeah. Um, uh, fascinating to me. Yeah. And, uh, and, just yeah. The, and the other thing is the fact that he made 10,000, look, made 10,000 images the old-fashioned way. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he earned uh, it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Hey, uh, quick aside, Ken Burns, you mentioned, and, and the, the Civil War documentary, fantastic. Um, I think that's on Netflix, too, isn't it? It is. A, a few of his, his documentaries are. As a, just as a, as a legal thing, were these images licensed, or because they're part of the Library of Congress, can they be used freely? Was, were, there, were there fees that, that Burns and his people had to pay to, to I use I think these? these things are, well, I think the great majority of these are in the Library of Congress mm-hmm. now. Um, at the time, yeah, I think I think these are now sort of public domain. They're old enough that they're public domain. This is well out of any core copyright. Right. Interesting. Um, it's fascinating. And you know what's interesting is that like some of the stuff you see, it's like, oh, yeah, I could imagine. I always try to, when I see pictures like this, imagine how things changed between 1860 and, say, the turn of the century, and then the turn of the century and, say, World War II. Mm-hmm. Those are both 40 years. Kind of 40-year you know? markers, sure. Yeah. And just to th- and that's like the average adult lifetime of somebody, you know. Uh, you know, somebody's 20 years old. They live till they're 60-something. You know, it's like 40 years of their adult life. And just if, if you were like a teenager of the Civil War and then you like retired around 
the turn of the century and what you had seen and how your dress changed and how, you know, electricity came in and how airplanes were invented and how, you know, how, 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 right. Um, how different things became, you know? Uh, uh, do you think the changes were, were more dramatic? I mean, this is a whole other show, but do you think the changes were more dramatic? A 40 year change was more dramatic then, or a 40 year change is more dramatic now? Like, let's say, I think that you know, when we, I, it feels like 40 years were more of a change then, but I think it's different when you're living in the time. Mm-hmm. I think if you look at how our lives will have changed in another 10 years, if you compare 1980 to 2020, you know, I mean, right. yes, we're all wearing jeans and t-shirts still, but, right, but you're but carrying a today, thing in your pocket that you can have the world's knowledge at your fingertips yeah, anywhere in the, the world. Think know. about that. The iPhone is, is the lowest tech that many kids today will ever, will ever know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, one of the things about Brady, apparently here in the Wikipedia entry it says some of the lost images, uh, are mentioned in the last episode of Ken Burns documentary, civil war, Burns claims that glass plate negatives were often sold to gardeners, not for their images, but for the glass itself to be used in greenhouses and cold frames. Wow. In the years that followed the end of the war, the sun slowly burned away their filmy images and they were lost. Wow. Imagine. Yeah. That's wild. It is crazy. Sad. Anyway, we're going to put some links in there and I'll, I'll put some, some links to books on Amazon or whatever it is. You, you know, if you guys... Uh, end up clicking on those links and buy a book or anything else you want on Amazon. It ends up supporting the show a little bit. So if you need anything from Amazon, go do it that way. It all goes towards Bill's Asus 4K monitor. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll, in another 45 years, I'll have enough to buy that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so if somebody wants to get to the show notes, Jeffrey, how do they do that? You know, what you could do okay. is uh, you could you could send Bill an email at podcasted on taking pictures.com and ask, or the, uh, the better play would be yep. go to five by five dot TV slash OTP, uh, slash 58 for this particular episode. Yep. Um, up one, we'll get you to all of the show notes. Yep. Uh, Bill tweets at Bill Wadman. I tweet at Jeffrey Sidoris. Uh, what you, you, your blog is, is on taking pictures.com. That gets it you is. to everything, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, for all things photography, well, some of them anyway, some of the good stuff, you can go to fadedandblurred.com. Some of the best stuff. Some of the best stuff. Uh, yeah, in fact, a brand new spotlight on uh, Fred Herzog. Yeah, Ooh. well, I have a brand new color scheme on my website. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the mobile version very much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, inside jokes on the air. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, anything else? Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. Have a have a great week. Uh, join the the Google Plus group oh, yeah. if you haven't already. Uh, there, there really is. I know we say this every week, and it is it is true. There's some fantastic work being being shared up there. Um, just in the past week, have been some really really nice photographs being put up there. And there's some, there, what I also like is the, the the quality of the discussion. It's not just like it, love it, hate it. It's, you know, you guys are going deep. You're, you're, you're saying, this is what I like about it. This is what I don't like. Maybe you could have tried this. And, and a lot of times people will go back and reprocess or even reshoot an image and go, okay, how about this? Is this getting closer to the mark? Sure. Uh, which I, I love that. Yeah. Good stuff. It's amazing. Uh, anything else? No. I think I'm good. You? Okay. No, I think we're done. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Yep. Have a great week. Going on and-
Say what you wanna say. I know what you will say. We'll 